Hi, my name is Merrill Dubrow, President and CEO of Mark Research and the Chair-Elect of the MS Marketing Research Program at Michigan State. I'm really excited to be part of Spartan Insights. Spartan Insights is a series of podcasts that I'll be hosting interviewing one of the 350 alumni from the Michigan State Marketing Research Program. Today's guest on Spartan Insights is Patrick Lowen, Fusion Leader at Ainport Research. Patrick, thanks so much for being a guest on Spartan Insights. How are you today? I'm great, Merrill. Thanks for having me on. Well, great. Let's just get right into it, Patrick. We're really excited to have you on. It's May of 2018. I'm going to take you back a little bit, about 15 months ago, and you're a graduate from the MS Marketing Research Program at Michigan State. What's going through your mind at this point? You know, a lot of excitement, having gone through the career fair, started to get into the industry a little bit, meeting a lot of people, very excited to see where I was going to land, hadn't quite found a position yet but I knew I wanted to come down to the Columbus area. You know, luckily, thanks to our awesome alumni network and Jackie Weber, I got put in contact uh, with Aimpoint Research, the director there. And I'd been through a couple interviews, but still pretty terrified, drove down to Columbus. And one thing that I had a hard time with was, you know, taking everything that I had learned in the MSMR program, because it's so much on you in a year. You just, it's intense trying to spit all that concisely in an interview was that was probably the most nerve wracking part for me. Cause I, I knew that I knew this stuff. It was just getting it out in a way that made me look hireable. That's great. So let's talk about your current position at Aimpoint Research, okay? Mm-hmm. What, what do you do? What's your current responsibilities? What's an average day look like for you? It's a long question to answer. And that's one of the reasons I like Aimpoint so much is <laughs> uh, I do a little bit of everything. Uh, if, you, if you can name it, I've probably done it. Being my position now, Fusion Leader, is I get a number of clients. So right now I have three major clients, and I am the guy for that client. So anything on that project, whether it be client management, actually writing and developing the methodology, executing the methodology, analyzing it, building the report, presenting it, making sure all the deadlines are kept. That's my responsibility. And then also business development. So trying to sell further projects or understanding how we can better utilize our skills at Aimpoint with the company. Because we've moved away from a boutique market research custom store or shop where we don't do one-off focus groups for people anymore. What we want to do is we want to partner with organizations and become their intelligence agency. And we have one, two, three-year models that we go off of a whole, just the arms, ears, everything, eyes for a lot of these organizations. So it's cool that I get, you know, one day I'm setting up a brand equity. The next day I'm calling, you know, private jet owners doing interviews. And then some days I'm just sitting crunching data, but every day it's a little bit of something different. So how hard is it to manage your time? Because you're obviously a seller doer, but it's a seller doer, Patrick, on steroids. (laughs) You're taking it up a level. I mean, I have some seller doers here at Mark Research, but you're really kicking it up a notch. How hard is it to manage your day? I mean, is that challenging? Um, definitely at times, but I mean, I've got an awesome team that, you know, we're always helping each other out. And when we have, you know, crunch time deadlines, we're always picking up each other's slack. I have just great coworkers I can always lean on. And every now and then, you know, just yesterday, I got a little sidetracked with one client and I had another client call coming up and I forgot to send out the agenda for the call. And one of the luxuries I have right now is all of my clients, they're going pretty well. They've been pretty happy. So got a little bit of leeway when some things get a tiny bit off track. But luckily, that hasn't been too much of a problem yet. That's great. So here we are. You know, if you go back to mm-hmm. your classmates, where they're all interviewing, 
they're making that proverbial decision. Do I go client side? Do I go supplier side? Most probably went client side, if I recall. Mm-hmm. You went supplier side. How Can you talk a little bit about that decision, what went into it, some of the pluses and minuses to help the, the incoming class? I think they'll get a lot out of it. When I was in the program and you get the whole client side versus supplier side spiel, I think one thing that stuck with a lot of people, and I know me especially, is that so they tell you client side, that's where the money is. So I remember thinking in my head, man, oh, client side, let's, let's make the big bucks out of college. But then I started kind of talking and interviewing and hearing about different roles. And one thing that really drew me in to supplier side was the breadth of things you got to work on. You weren't necessarily siloed with one brand or one area. You got to work on whatever comes through the door. And that's, I mean, that's really sold me at Aimpoint. And they were like, you know, we're not going to sugarcoat it. Some weeks you'll be working 30 hours if we're slow. And then some weeks it might be 70 hours. And I can attest we've, we've had some 70 hour weeks, but I think that's something that's been so fun about supplier side is I, I mean, I've worked with one of the biggest private jet companies in the world. I've worked with a farm finance company. I've worked with a national dairy organization. I just, I worked with a spice company and just stuff all over the map. And that's kind of been fun for me because I get to expose myself to a lot of different industries. So I'm not, I don't feel like I'm getting siloed in one specific industry. I've worked with some tech companies as well. So it's really cool. And I actually, I had a, a client that I work with actually reach out. They wanted to hire me onto their market research division. And, you know, they gave me the pitch and I was like, man, I just don't think I could go be uh, a client market researcher right now. I'm just having so much fun getting to be the guy for a lot of different clients. So I'm going to play off one of the words you said, or two of the words you said. I don't think I could be a client market researcher right now. Does that mean in 10, 15, 20 years, you'll be, you think you will or could be a client researcher? And then, as you say, make the, make the bigger bucks? Is that something you think of or who knows? Well, I, I would say that I would never write anything off, you know, and that's what I told, okay. I told the client when they reached out to me, I was like, Hey, you know, I'm really happy right now, but I mean, I'll listen to your pitch. Absolutely. And I think maybe leading my own research division, I think that could be something that okay. could be interesting to me. If it was a client that I really believed in that company, it aligned closely with my values. I could see that, but I could also mm-hmm. see myself, you know, going down the path of, potentially, you know, running my own supplier firm at some point. I'm sure way, way down the line, but that's something I've entertained the thoughts of. No, that's great. So 15 months out of school, what do you think makes a great researcher, Patrick? I think it's really cliche, but curiosity. And and I think the soft skills, because I think a lot of the researchers, I mean, they're all incredibly smart that I've worked with, and they've all got the technical know-how. But I think this thing that sets people apart, the ability to go and sit and converse with clients or, or coworkers and just being able to have those soft personal skills coming off friendly, coming off knowledgeable. Students in the MSMR really focus on, and shout out to Shana for her communications classes. Those skills are so, so invaluable. It's the interpersonal stuff that I think really sets people apart. That's great. So do you remember our meeting the first time? I do remember that. Can you describe that? What do you remember about it? 
I remember that Merrill was this big, loud guy in a nice suit in front of the class. He's <laughs> up there. He's energized. And I remember thinking, like, man, I wish I could control a room like that. I mean, all eyes on Merrill. And then next thing I know, he's pulling me up in front of what, the entire board and my entire class. And all of a sudden, I'm right. sitting in this this room staring back at some extremely respected people well beyond my years and abilities and kind of in the spotlight. It was a little terrifying, but I think you made it right. a lot of fun too. Well, thanks. What I remember about it is, you know, bringing you up on stage that was spontaneous, you handled it like a champ. I mean, you had a great personality. You had, I think, a nice communication style. The long flowing hair certainly made, <laughs> made most of us jealous. But let me ask you this. My gut is and I haven't seen you in 15 months, my gut is that you've grown a tremendous amount, right? Do oh, you yeah. believe that? Undone. Yeah, you've matured as an individual, as a professional. Can you just talk a little bit about that for the students? How do you think you've grown in the last 15 months? Confidence, undoubtedly. I know, and, and part of that I have to accredit to, to Aimpoint, something they told me was, hey, we know you're going to fail. We want you to fail. We want you to fail hard, fail fast, and well, you know, if you're going too far, we'll pull back the reins. But they really gave me, like, you know, we want you to go out and just attack things. And if you have an idea, just chase it. And I think something coming out of the MSMR program is I was very wanting to prove myself. And I thought that proving myself was by never getting anything wrong, never making a mistake. Um, and that led to a kind of timidness. And I think now, as opposed to I was quick to maybe say, oh, I'm not sure I know how to do that, or, oh, I need help doing that. If I come up with something that I'm not quite sure, I'll be like, yeah, I can do that. I'll figure that out. And then if I get on the line and I, I've realized I can't do it, then I'll, you know, obviously go and, you know, find the resources and help that I need. But for the most part, just trusting myself and knowing that I'm capable of solving problems. And I think, especially when you're doing very, when my days are not repetitive, I'm doing new stuff all the time. So really building that trust in myself and then in my team, knowing that, it's okay to make mistakes and that those are not debilitating, but they're actually growth moments. That's great. So let's, let's talk about a growth moment for a half a second. Fill in the blank for me on this, Patrick. I would like to get better at blank in the next six months. How would you answer that question? What's the blank for you? I think I would like to get better at building strong client relationships that's something I think the industry is, it's so relationship based. And I think I have a good time of being friendly with clients, but I want to be able to take it to that next step and really moving into that selling standpoint, but being able to have a client trust me, building myself up in a way that I can help my clients as opposed to having to sell through my boss or my organization. Is there, is there daily or weekly um, like newsletters or websites or even magazines that you read to try to stay up on the insight industry that you could share? Uh, I mean, I'm always on LinkedIn. I'm always reading the daily rundowns okay. and going through, and I follow a lot of people, you being one of them, uh, Jamin Brazil being one of them, a lot of people that I met through the program, and they're always sharing articles Good. and different things that I'm reading. There's a lot of internal things at Aimpoint that we share with each other. Some of my coworkers and research director will share different articles that I'll read up on. And then also I stay up to date with the ag industry quite a bit and obviously not quite oh, good. market research, but that's a lot of my 
clients can be ag focused. Yep. I think it's, I think it's very important to stay up to date. I mean, really anything. I think if I'll read articles, we, at any point we really value having time to dig into articles online and across a breadth of topics. Cause you never know when something's going to come up. And I remember I was reading something on a Saturday. It was an interesting article about salmon spawning in Alaska. And then later that week it fit in perfectly in a call we were having. So it's just kind of, I would say just never, that's just never stop being curious and never stop reading everything. I don't think anything's a waste of your time to read. Oh, that's great. So congratulations. I'm going to give you a do-over. We're going to go back to Michigan State. We're going to go back to the program. Is there something you would wish you'd done a little bit different or paid a little more attention to that you should have, that you realize now? Anything uh, at all jump out at you? I wish I would have networked better. I think I did a good okay. job of you know, shaking hands and smiling, but I, I didn't know the right questions to ask. I mean, I was never somebody who was afraid to ask questions. I just had a hard time coming up with questions to ask. So, but let me just make sure I understand. Is that with networking with the advisory board or networking with your classmates or both? All of the above. I mean, I, I feel, okay. I think I did a good job with our class and, you know, I've, hung out with multiple people in my class and stayed connected. Um, just the other day, I was texting one of my classmates about career advice and asking how he was doing and because uh, he had an MBA and I was like, how'd that work for him? And, you know, gauging his thoughts. So, uh, but I think particularly right. with the advisory board and people established in the industry, I think they were a little intimidating to me. And I know they were doing yeah. their best not to come across that way, but I think it was hard. Um, you know, I think the imposter syndrome was definitely something I struggled with because I, I came in as a psych major. I didn't have a lot of business experience. I wasn't in the, you know, the road school of business or anything. So I always felt like, um, I don't know if I should be here. I don't know if I, I belong with these people. And, you know, I think just that kind of second guessing yourself is just, it wastes so much energy and time and opportunities. I'm like, man, I was in in the same room as all these brilliant people. I, I should have been talking to everybody and, you know, not wasting any time. No, that's great insight. Okay, last question, Patrick. What advice would you give to the incoming class of the MSMR program at Michigan State? What advice would you give? Don't be afraid to bet on yourself. Going to Aimpoint for me was probably a little bit, I mean, it was a company that very small, 10 people. I think if you're willing to take risks, I think that's where some... You know, that's where the explosive growth comes from and go and make yourself uncomfortable. Go talk to that company at the career fair that you don't think you have any chance with, you know, go up and talk to that professor and ask that question. You're smarter than you think you are and you're where you are for a reason. So don't be afraid to trust your instincts, trust what's got you where you are and use that to get yourself where you want to be. Oh, that's a great close. Well, thanks, Patrick. I really appreciate your time today on Spartan Insights. My name is Meryl Dubrow, and thanks for listening.